Welcome to Liberate Your People Pleaser. I'm Brenda Florida, certified life coach, and I am on a mission to liberate people to their authentic power and ideal self-expression. So what's a people pleaser? Well, those of us who are people pleasers are usually very loving and kind. We're empathetic. We also tend to prioritize other people's needs over our own, which leaves us feeling not seen and not heard. We're great at anticipating the needs of others and often put ourselves in second place. We're great doers and nurturers, and we often have the role of keeping the peace, whether it's in our families or in the workplace. Well, the first thing I wanna share with you is that there's nothing wrong with you. But we do wanna take some of these qualities of people pleasing that we focus so much on other people and turn them on to ourselves first, which turns them into our superpower. To find out more, listen to this next episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Welcome to this episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. I'm Brenda Florida, Certified Life Coach, and this is our final episode in the five-part series around the Solve It Method. I'm thrilled that you made it, and you can get the links to the other episodes. If this is the first one you're hearing, then you're going to want to look in the show notes and go back and listen to the other episodes. You don't have to listen to them in any sort of order. It doesn't matter. The Solve It Method has four components and they're, they all work together in tandem. So there's no priority you know, hierarchy in them. So you can go back and listen to the other episodes in whatever order you would like to listen to them in. Today, we're going to talk about the feelings component of the Solve It Method. So we've talked about desire. We've talked about action. We've talked about thoughts. Now, thoughts and feelings are, you know, kissing cousins, so to speak. You, they're never without each other. So they, if you have the feeling first, because maybe something comes into your environment and you have the emotion first, the feeling first, it will trigger a thought that travels up, you know, your spinal column into your brain and it hits the limbic system first, the middle brain before the frontal lobe, which is the logical part. And so we can have a feeling that triggers all kinds of thoughts, many of which are not true, but go back to the thoughts one on that, the thoughts episode on that one, because I, I unpacked that a lot over there, but you know, as well as I do, that we think many things that are not true. We feel hurt by a friend brushing us off or blowing us off. And we have that emotion. And, you know, so maybe we look at our phone, here's how it happens. You know, we look at our phone. Oh, so-and-so didn't text me back. It's been several hours. They're avoiding me or they're mad at me. I bet they're mad at me. Otherwise they would have answered by now. And so you have that feeling of whatever it is, you may respond to that anger with anger, or, you know, you may be feeling hurt or whatever. And that triggers immediately, like it's just all happens so fast, it's hard to know which comes first, this the feeling or the thought, and it really doesn't matter. Uh, but that will trigger that thought about, oh, they're mad at me. Oh, they're, you know, and then you talk to them 
And they were just busy, tied up in a meeting, didn't see your text, their phone died, whatever. And that thought was completely not true. So our feelings are real in that we feel whatever the hell we feel. Okay. So I never want to question or I don't want you questioning your feelings. Okay. When I'm coaching with a client and they are having a feeling, I don't, you know, question whether or not they should be feeling that way, let's say, because that you just feel how you feel. We all have feelings. We feel how we feel. Okay. So on the one hand, I want, we're going to look at feelings really in two ways, how they can get caught up in and complicate the thoughts that we have that sabotage us or derail us or diminish us or criticize us, create all that not enoughness, all of that. Okay. Those are thoughts and feelings that are tag teaming each other all the time, but you know what that diminishment feels like when you've been put down, whether you've put yourself down or somebody else has. So that's a feeling Our feelings are real because they just are what they are, but they don't necessarily represent something that's actually happening. And this is where the thought component ties in. And that really, is it true? Just like you can have the feelings of stress, you know, anxiety, because you think your partner or one of your kids has been in a car accident because they're late and you have all those feelings and all those feelings are real, but then they come in the door and you realize, oh, (laughs) Actually, they're fine and none of that happened. So you just want to sort of keep those, you want to notice, you want to be aware. And I like the word notice because it doesn't have judgment to me. It doesn't carry judgment. We just want to be aware of our feelings. Oh, I'm aware that I just got triggered into anxiety because one of my kids is late. Okay, now what do I want to do about it, right? As long as, if I have an awareness of it, I can say, okay, what do I want to do about it? Do I want to just let it play out? Do I want to go do something to make myself feel better until I know whether they're safe or not? You know, then then we can start to respond to our feeling instead of letting our feelings sort of run the show. It'll keep your mind going into all kinds of reasons. They must be dead in a gutter or off the side of the road or whatever, And all the reasons you should believe that, and it's probably true, and how horrible life is going to be next Christmas when they're not around, and what are you going to do with their stocking? It's just going to make you cry as soon as you unpack, like, right? The brain will just go off. That's the thought part that gets triggered by that feeling, or those start thoughts start, and they trigger the feeling. So the feeling's just a feeling. Notice it so you can decide Do you want to do something about it? Some things just need to take their course. I had a huge disappointment recently. And so I felt I was angry. I was sad. I was super disappointed. I'm trying to think the other words I'm thinking of are really just other words for angry. So I was all sorts of angry, okay? Angry with all sorts of words around it. And I knew that I just needed to let those feelings be okay and let them take their course because our feelings will very naturally process through our bodies and dissipate in a very natural way, just like they do with every animal, right? An animal gets, runs out in front of a car, but doesn't get hit, right? Screeches on the brakes, the animal survives, runs back to the, you know, sidewalk or whatever. And they have been freaking terrified by that car. 
they'll feel that fear, that anxiety, whatever they would call it. And in a few minutes, it will go through their body and usually like the literally shake, right? You'll see an animal just, you know, do that twitching, shaking thing because that helps get it out of our physiology because all of that is a, has all this real stuff going on inside your body when you get triggered into high emotion, anxiety, anger, any of those things. And the adrenaline and cortisol starts coming from your brain and all of that floods into your body. And so your body needs to like discharge that, which is why movement is so helpful when you're stuck in some kind of an emotional state, because just moving your body or like literally just shake like you're a little animal because animals will have a, a feeling like even something very dramatic being chased by a lion, you know, whatever. And it'll go through their system in about 15 or 20 minutes, sometimes less, way less, you know, two minutes, they'll shake it off and then they go back to their day. Because they don't have all that language, right? To go tell somebody about it and then tell somebody else and keep the story alive and keep the energy alive in it and keep the anger alive in it. Doesn't mean you can't tell your story, but there's a big difference between if I just got cut off on the highway, let's say, and it super pissed me off or it almost caused an accident and that scared me or whatever. And you call me five minutes later and I vent to you and I'm, I've got all that emotion and all that sort of raw energy from it. Okay, because it's only been a few minutes, that might actually help me sort of discharge some of that. But then if I get to the office 30 minutes later, and I'm telling my coworkers the same thing, and I use that story to dredge back up that heightened emotion and anxiety. And then at lunch, whoever I go to lunch with, I share it with them. And then when I get home, I tell my kids or my spouse or my whoever. And then I call my mom, you know, like, we end up keeping this feeling of anxiety and fear and or sadness and, you know, whatever the thing is alive. Like we keep giving it more life, injecting more life in it instead of just allowing it to naturally dissipate to in self-love, just say, whoo, that scared the shit out of me when that guy cut me off. Whew, I, you know, my heart's racing. I can feel the anxiety flooding through my body. What would be the most loving thing I can do? And it could be to just simply pull over, you know, find a safe place to pull over and just let your nervous system settle itself. And then because we're noticing this, this is where we get to choose. And this is the other side of feelings that I think we undervalue immensely. And that is the ability that we have to shift our feeling state and use it to our benefit. So it's a little tricky. I don't want you to get into the idea of bypassing. I don't want you to emotionally bypass how you feel. I let myself a few weeks ago when I had this big disappointment, feel the feelings. And it was a couple of days. It wasn't like five minutes. Okay. (laughs) It took this lioness about four days to really shake it out of my system, so to speak. And so I just let it be. And sometimes I got frustrated, like, okay, I'm feeling the feelings. They should be gone by now. You know, why isn't this processing through me faster? So I get that. But then just stay. That would just be my reminder to stay in self-love and stay in self-care. And so, man, I just doubled down on it. I doubled down on the sleep, on the self-care, taking walks to the beach, all the things so that I could 
not bypass my feelings, but get to a place where I could shift and change them and use them. And so by, you know, whatever, one morning, about four days later, I was journaling in the morning, which is my routine. And I realized, you know what? I can just keep going. I can keep moving as if that disappointment didn't even happen. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's not going to hurt. There's no downside to that. You know, whatever. Anyway, I just, and then my feelings came along. And I'm like, yeah, like I'm ready to start elevating how I feel from this angry, disappointed, you know, very sad state that I had been in for several days. So, you know, it takes practice. You're not going to be perfect at this. We, we don't have the solve it method so that we live in some sort of artificially perfect environment, right? We do, we have it because we don't, because we live in a real world. We're real human beings. We're not perfect. Shit throws us off balance. You know, there, when that thing gets resolved, another one will come, you know, it never, it doesn't end. That's what life is. It would probably be pretty boring otherwise. So, we can use our feelings to choose a state. We can decide, we can intend to have joy. We can intend to have gratitude. I was intending to hold on to the gratitude, even though I had circumstances happening to me that I was very unhappy with. But I still had this intention to say, but you know, I'm sure because this is the way it works out that I'll look back and something better will have happened. Like I'll get why this happened the way it did. And sure enough, within about a week, I got that, you know, and so I'm just going to hold some space of gratitude in me, even while I'm also feeling these other feelings of anger and sadness and disappointment until the gratitude gets bigger than that sadness and disappointment. And that's what started happening on day four. And, you know, coincidence or not, by day five, the situation um, took care of itself. And I ended up in a better result than I would have been originally. But it could have been day 10. Like, don't make that connection that as soon as we start to feel better, that makes everything happen. Like, whatever. It happens that way sometimes. But sometimes we wait for it longer, you know, or sometimes just things are just different. But we can use those feelings to intentionally cultivate what we want. I want to feel joyful. I want to feel grateful. I don't want to let some outsider have power over how I feel today. And so again, it's trial and error to make sure you're not just bypassing and hopping right over. Because I do that sometimes. I hop right over the anger and disappointment and sadness and go, no, they're not going to control my feelings today. I'm going to be positive and, you know, happy and I'll go be that. But then somewhere in me, because I didn't really let it go through me, is a reservoir of that anger and disappointment and sadness which is why then something can happen that really, you know, on a scale of one to five, let's say, is a level one or two occurrence. And you're reacting and responding and feeling as if it's a four or five. That's because you've got a reserve of those feelings, whatever it is, anger, disappointment, feeling like a victim, whatever it is. 
you've got a reserve of that from the past that hasn't been allowed to just be and cycle through you. And so it's like stored up, it's like literal baggage. And so something small happens and we react big. I had a super classic example of this. Uh, this was a long time ago, like uh, maybe 20 years ago, uh, close enough. I was dating somebody and we had only gone out a time or two. And then of course, you know, lots of talking on the phone in between and whatever, and to get to know each other. Cause we lived in different towns and I was really into this guy. And then we ended up going out and he kind of came for, became forthright about his relationship with his former uh, person who he hadn't really resolved. Like I, at first he made it sound like it was more, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're broken up, but that wasn't really quite, it wasn't quite that neat and tidy. And so as we started growing in our connection and then went out, he just realized he needed to go resolve that relationship first because he really wasn't even totally out of it. So anyway, so he, what if you could call it, he broke up with me, except we weren't really even hardly together. But anyway, so the relationship's over. Okay. The love wasn't a relationship. Again, the dating extravaganza was over and I was devastated as if we had been, you know, together for a year or something and he broke up with me. Okay. And so I knew I was so, you know, in a level five feeling response to a level one or two situation that I got right on the phone with my therapist. Cause at the time I was working with a therapist, not a coach. And I was like, okay, what the heck is going on? And it just led us to a whole bunch of baggage with my dad that I had not, you know, resolved. I hadn't healed. I had done a lot of healing with my dad. This was, I had been working on my dad issues for years. And so I was surprised by this. I was surprised that this caught me that way. But the beauty of each of these things is that it takes us to where we need healing. So I could have just ignored that, or I could have shamed myself for overreacting and just been pissed for days or weeks or something until I got over that and moved on. But if I had... I would have lost the opportunity to resolve those deeper core or root issues that were obviously ready to be resolved, ready to be healed. And so they were showing themselves through this other relationship. So that's why everything we're doing that is even kind of, you know, like hurtful or disappointing or sucks is the indicator in our life of what is beneath the surface. I talked about this a lot in the action podcast. So go back to that episode to get more on that, to get beneath the surface of what we think the problem is to what really is the root of the problem. What's the deeper thing that drives that symptom. Uh, but we're trained to be focused on the symptom as if it's the problem. And so one of the things that, I do when I work with people and the only kind of coach I'll hire for myself is the one that will help me get from what I walked in the door saying I needed help with, my boyfriend broke up with me and I'm sad, to 
oh, I have daddy issues I still need to look at. Let's go look at those, okay? That's what you need when you're working with a coach or a therapist is somebody who can get beneath that surface thing that is what you think your problem is. And that's why this solve it method, I'm so passionate about it because it works on every single thing and it helps me. And I think it'll help you for yourself too. But part of the challenge to do this yourself, the reason why coaching and therapy is so effective is because it's very hard to get ourselves there because these issues are unconscious. They're, they're by their very nature. They're not seen by us. They can be seen by other people, but they're not seen by us. Otherwise they wouldn't be unconscious. And so that's really what you're doing when you hire me and other coaches work this way too. I will not, you know, obviously not everybody does, but when you hire me, That's what you're hiring me to do is to get beneath the surface and figure out what's really, see what's unconscious for you and bring it to light so it becomes conscious for you so that then you can, you know, we can use the tools in the toolbox to respond and shift and change and, you know, up-level ourselves. But using those tools on the symptom is only so effective. That's why then it's a problem again, because we haven't dealt with the cause we're dealing with the symptom. So feelings are both, you know, they're just something that are, you need to, there's a certain amount, we just need to let them flow through us. And then not to be a victim of them, right? Not to let them uh, spiral you down into some kind of shame or depression spiral, but to say, okay, you're here. What do you want me to look at? Or let me allow you to be and you know, what do I want to become in this? What, you know, I knew I didn't want my dis, I intentionally, you know, wanted to feel those feelings after that disappointment and not get sucked into it. If I had still been feeling those feelings in two weeks, I would have been in my coach's office, going to say office, Zoom uh, link so that I could get some help with that because I don't want that to start defining me. I don't want that disappointment to start becoming who I am. I want to have power, my authentic power over that. And part of the, you know, one of the tools in the toolbox is using your feelings. This is why meditation is so effective because when we quiet the mind, we can start to choose our feelings. What do I want to feel? I want to feel abundant. Okay. So I only have a hundred bucks in the bank. Okay. That's a reality. And that gives me a feeling of, you know, a lack of security and safety and well-being. And, and that's real. But how do I want to feel? I want to feel abundant. I don't want my bank account to dictate how I'm going to feel today. That's what happens to people who have millions of dollars and are who are still afraid they're going to lose all their money or they're going to be a you know bag lady or whatever, because they can't feel abundant even when their circumstances are telling them they're abundant. So I don't want my circumstances telling me how I'm going to feel. And so I can choose my feeling states to help really sort of deliver me, rescue myself out of a pit of despair. And that I'm not being dramatic there. Like it can be that dramatic, (laughs) not just that it helps you from a, a little bummed. It can help me out of a pit of despair. I've done it many times. So then we just have to be mindful of making sure we're not bypassing, but we're allowing, we're noticing 
the, the challenging feelings. And then we're also looking with intention to what we want to feel. And you'll start to get your own barometer as you practice this and work with it for when you're rushing yourself out of a state and when you are like replanting. I mean, it's almost like I'm just planting a flower there, the abundance or whatever, uh, instead of the thorns that were coming up. And boom, there's the flower, you know, so sometimes it's very quick like that, but you'll feel you'll get to learn as you do this, like when that feels really healthy and whole for you, that's really the, ultimately the litmus for it is how whole and how liberated you feel when you're trying to bypass, even though you might be trying to replace it with something um, positive, there's still something heavy, there's something that is not liberating about it because you've bypassed and, and our soul just won't let us do that. And so it kind of holds on to this heaviness that, or just something that doesn't quite feel right, or I just can't quite, you know, because we've bypassed. So you'll get to, you know, sort of learning how your own distinctions and that, and this is why I'm also creating a program for the solvent method, because as, as much as this has been great to unpack one dynamic of it, one component of it at a time. Whereas I've done other podcasts where I've talked about all four of these very quickly in one podcast, or I have them on my website, you know, with a paragraph maybe about each one. These are really worthy of big unpacking. So level one is listening to it here on the podcast and listening to each episode. And once these are all finished, um, you know, now this is the last recording. So I'll work to put them in, you know, like on a part of my website where you can go to one link and find all, get all five of them instead of having to go through all the show notes to get to them. Um, so I'll make that easy, but there's also going to be a digital program that I'm very excited about that will have both, you know, recorded videos you can watch any time of the day or night uh, with some of the teaching and worksheets and things like that to start to build your practice around it. And then some live sessions with me for coaching or Q&A, that sort of thing. And, and just the accountability of, you know, coming to the live session. So that is uh, coming up very soon. You'll hear more about that. So Thank you for joining me for this episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Again, the show notes are going to have the links to the other episodes that are in this five-part series um, that includes the Solvent Method. So thank you all. I can't wait to hear how this works for you and what questions it brings up for you. As always, I love to get your questions and comments on social media or through my email or DM me or whatever it is. Um, because I'm here to help liberate you to your authentic power and self-expression. I'll see you on the next episode. I'm Brenda Florida, Certified Life Coach, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. I've got something a little special in the show notes for you today. It's my most popular download, the three-step guide to being seen and heard. This guide is going to help you in any relationship where you feel like you're not being seen and heard. It doesn't matter whether it's your lover or your boss or your mother, this thing works. So go get that for yourself. I also have the link to my private Facebook group, Liberate Your People Pleaser. If you're not already a member, you're going to want to join that right away. I post in there every day. You're going to find a like-minded community. And every Wednesday, I do a Facebook Live that's really fun called Cocktails and Coaching. And you'll want to join us for that as well. 
Last but not least, you would make my day if you put a photo, just take a little screenshot of maybe your favorite episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser and post it on social media and tag me. I love to hear about the episodes that mean the most to listeners. So thank you in advance for posting on social media and tagging me in that. So I will see you in the next episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser.